This week on Coastal Voices, I'm talking to Yelmer Wenstob, who's working at the UVic First People's House to create three totem poles. Also going to be talking about the missing and murdered Indigenous women, and I'll give you a sneak peek into next week's show. All this and more on Coastal Voices. And welcome to Coastal Voices. I am your host, Sasha Ouellette. This week, I'm speaking to Yelmer Winstab, who is working on a poll at uh, the university. I have an interview with him, and uh, he was such a great person to interview. I hope you enjoy it. In this episode of Coastal Voices, I speak to Yelmer Winstab, a new channel, Clayquat, a Norwegian artist from Vancouver Island. In this episode, we spoke about three totem poles Yelmer is carving at Uvic, a Coast Salish pole, a Nuchanoth pole, and a Kwakwakuak pole. We also spoke about community and family, and the struggles that come with hauling a 10-ton log onto Uvic's campus, thanks to Yelmer Wenstab and the Uvic First People's House for hosting this project. Today I'm speaking to Yelmer Wenstab, who is carving a pole at the First People's House at Uvic. Hi Yelmer, how are you? I'm good, how about yourself? Really good. Um, I wanted to ask you when you first started this project. The, the project kind of evolved from two years ago, but the project that we started with this pole, uh, it started in September, and it's kind of been on and off since then. We took a long couple month break, and, and now we really got back to it in the last three or four months. Uh, what, what made you get back into it? I think it's the biggest part of it, it's the community aspect. So I mean, the, the biggest thing, it's not really about as much the, the final project as, as the community that we're, we're able to have here at the First People's House, and, and the First People's House kind of makes that space already, but, but with the poll we, we bring a lot of youth groups up and a lot of youth to come carve with us, and then, as we were saying, people on campus and, and students and staff and faculty, it's, it's everyone's project. How do you feel about having people participate in the carving? It's it's really important. Yeah, I mean, when when I did a, a totem pole myself a few years ago, and it was it was a really important story to myself, and it was it was the first in our family, and I now carry the name of, of my my great ancestor, and we carved that pole, and it was just my family and I that did it, and it, and it was really important to do that with just the family, and this project here, it's it's about all those connections we make, and and that is the story of the pole. I mean, the pole is is about the connections of our communities on the on the west coast here, and so those all those hands being involved are what make it what it is. So what inspired you to to do this poll and this project in particular? I think the well the biggest thing was a year and a half ago I had I had brain surgery. So I had a Chiari malformation which is a pretty intense brain surgery and and when I was done I couldn't walk and I couldn't read or write and all those standard things that when you're in second year at university is really important. And uh, and so we went my, myself and my mum and my little brother kind of trained myself to walk again and and 
once we completed that one, it was it was getting back to school, and it was really important to get back to school. And and I'm kind of far from home, you know. I'm from a small community, and, and my nation's up island, about four hours from here. And and I really missed home, and I really missed family, and I really missed you know being being back at, at home in our territory. And and so one thing that really takes us home is carving. And so we started this project, and, and we actually did a, a different project before this poll. We did uh, five feast bowls, and everyone was welcome to come carve those. And we were able to do it right here at the First People's House as well. So when we did that and all the people we met and all the connections we made and friends and, and you know, our family grew. And, and I have family here. And it's and it's really important to carry that on for myself. And, yeah, it's part of our heart. So Yeah. Do you feel supported by the First People's House on this project? And oh, definitely. Yeah. No, the First People's House is, is really almost the reason for all of it to happen. I mean, they when I had that surgery and, and it was a lot of... You know, it was, it was kind of within a week I found out about it, and within a week I was going in for the surgery, and, and it was hard to get support from, from home, from our nation, and hard to get support financially, and it was a tough time of year anyway. And, and the first people of they really stood up as family, and they stood up and they supported my mom traveling to Vancouver with me, and, and they looked after us, and they blanketed us to make sure we'd be safe, and, and they've always been, you know, that family holding me up, lifting me up, and, and this is really important, and, and they're always behind us, they're always looking after us, and... Yeah, that smile is, is so, you know, lifts your heart up. That's amazing. Um, on the panel, you were talking about the kind of crazy process of getting the poll here. Can you yeah. speak a little bit about that? For sure. Yeah, so when the poll was, was worked out, it was kind of worked out between myself and the First People's House. And then the First People's House was was that, I guess, that, uh, that voice going out to the rest of the university. And so the project initially was supposed to be before my brain surgery. When those feast bowls were happening, this idea had come up, come about, and we were going to get that log way back when. And then, you know, there it was. I was in hospital, and I was kind of recovering, and so we put it on hold, and we put it on the back burner, and we did this the feast bowl project. And, and time went by, but we all, always knew this was in the back of our head. We wanted to get back to that totem pole. And then one day, the, the nation out in Port Renfrew, who was donating the log, they called, well, they called me, actually, and then they called uh, their, their cousin who works in the house, and, and the chief said, oh, the log's on its way, it's already in, in uh, Langford, so you better get ready. <laughs> and so they ran over, they got me out of class and came over here and, and brought the truck up on campus, and it was like, instantly it was happening, you know, it was like excitement, we're all super pumped for this log to come, and they brought it in, and it was huge. It was, at that point, 33 feet long. The butt end, it stands five and a half feet thick, so quite the log. And and it was totally soaked with water, though. It's been sitting in their yard for about 10 years, so it weighed, we estimate around 10 tons, probably more, like five elephant elephants <laughs> on the back of this truck. So we pulled it up on campus, and we drove up, and, and I got in the car with him to, to lead him in, the logging truck, and we brought it up to the side of the First People's House, between the First People's House and the quad, and... And he, you know, we kind of got it all situated, and he got his crane to go lift up the back end, and there was not even going to budge. Like, the crane couldn't lift it up. Oh, no. And so <laughs> so we burst out laughing, you know, what are we going to do now? And he said, well, if we take the side of the truck apart, we can roll the log off. And so it sounded like a good idea at the time, like a lot of things. So we, we unbolted the side of his truck and took all the all sports off, and he wrapped a, a rope around it, and he spun the log off. It hit the sidewalk, and the sidewalk shattered <laughs> and there was a few words that shouldn't be repeated on radio that, that were said and uh and he put his put together his truck again and and shook our hand and he said yelmer i'm signing this log over to you from our nation from our chief it's your log to look after and but i gotta get out of here i just broke the sidewalk so uh, we you know we shook his hand and off he went and there was this log and it was it was this monster you know and, and but this such a gift from from port renfrew pitch nation 
And, uh, and it was like, okay, well, I guess we need a crane. I guess we need, you know, a lot of machinery to get this thing in there. And and someone said, well, you know, the, the first people's house and the log were parallel. And we could just roll it over top of the garden. There's a few trees that got to get moved. But we can roll it over top of the garden and it's only, you know, 40 feet away, 30 feet away. Well, that sounded like a good idea <laughs> at the time. Just like, just like a lot of things. And, uh, you know, the first people's house went and had to do some phone calls first, obviously, about digging up the garden and, and that. And got a hold of the facilities management, and facilities said, "No way, you can't roll it over top of the grass, or or the garden, or the trees, or all the rest. And you have to, you know, we have to do something else." And so that was that. We said, "Okay, well, we'll, we'll call back with another idea in a minute." And we said, "Well, we want to get a crane in." And and they said, "Well, look above your head. There's trees all over the place. There's nowhere to put a crane." And kind of laughed at that for a minute. And they said, "Well, I think you're going to have to do it by hand." And and there was myself. There was uh, there was my mother, my brother. And another gentleman that was with us, and we we're kind of sitting there staring at this log, and all the people that were around, and we said, "Well, we're going to do it by hand," and everyone scattered. <laughs> you know, everyone that was there, everyone there to see it come in, but they didn't want to move it by hand. So, <laughs> I went down to Cadbury Bay with uh, with a friend of mine, actually one of the guys that works in the house here in the First People's House, and we went down there and we were we were cutting up logs because we thought if we could get the log up, we could put a little poles underneath and roll it. Yeah. And, you know, that's how it was traditionally it would be rolled roll the logs, and so we went down there and I was bucking up bucking up logs to bring up and and the uh, this, this little old lady who does her walk on Cadborough Beach every day came over and she was so upset because I was cutting firewood on her beach. And and I went and I explained to her that we were bringing them up for rollers for this totem pole and I started talking to her and, and she was so excited about it like anyone would be. You know, this totem pole is going to be up at UVic and we're going to be carving it the next year. And, and so she was almost there to carry the logs up with us. You know, she was so <laughs> excited. So we loaded up the car with, with like 15 or 20 logs for rollers and when we got back up to the university, there was everything was roped off, and there was lights flashing, and there was there was people yelling at each other, and I thought, what the heck is going on? So, mm-hmm. I pulled up and, and went over to go see what was wrong, and and there was a, a gentleman, very unnamed, he didn't want to say his name, but he was very hot-headed, very upset, mm-hmm. and so you know we didn't know what the issue was. We said, well, what's what's the problem? And and it was really hard to communicate. There was just a you know a lot of anger in the air. So he wanted to go and. He said, we weren't allowed to have the log on campus. That was the first thing. Not allowed to have it here. And he said, well, you know, it's been organized for the last year and a half about. And yeah, it's a surprise for all of us that it came today, but that's, you know, something we have to work around. And and he had already gone off to get a big chainsaw to cut the log in half. And he had these ideas that, that were not, you know, not in relation to what we were thinking. So so I was trying to explain. And, and he said, who's in charge of the project? And and again, everyone that was there kind of scattered a little bit more and they backed up a little bit more. So so I said, well, I guess it's mine. You know, I was gifted the log from, from the nation and I was told to look after it. So so I said, well, it's my project. And, you know, I'm, we're doing this as a community project. Started explaining it to him and, and he didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear all about it. He didn't want to know about it. He was just really upset. So so I, I tried to we tried to calm him down at first and decide that's an uphill battle that we're not going to win. Mm-hmm. And and then he started getting a little a little more racist, I guess you'd say. So that's yeah. when it started getting really kind of escalated in the in the wrong direction where he was upset that you know he he saw you people get everything and you people do this and you people don't respect it and I built you people this house and 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 it, you know it, it was it was kind of endless for a long time there and trying to communicate with that was really hard so yeah. I finally turned it into a big joke and started laughing at him you know and there's nothing else you do that or you get really upset so exactly. so he said well us people we've been moving logs for a lot longer than <laughs> your people so get out of the way you know and and sent him sent him on his way and and we had this big jack so once everything was gone we said okay well i'll calm down now and get back to what we came here to do so started lifting the log up on this jack and it's a a 10 ton farm jack so they're quite heavy duty machinery got it about six inches off the ground and the jack just bent in half 
and it was like, wow, this is going to be quite the quite the journey for us, you know. And and so off we went again. Okay, well let's go down to that glorious Canadian Tire that our ancestors didn't have, and we'll go find some more jacks. So so we're off there trying to find you know more farm jacks, and all we could get was two ton jacks, not ten ton, you know. So we got five of them, twelve of them, you know, as much as we could get, and we're putting them underneath, and, and we finally got one corner up. And we got a log under there, and it, and that was that was ours, you know. But we had done that, and it was like we were so accomplished, you know. We had moved it this little bit, and and then he pulled up on campus again, you know, and and he pulled up with security, and and he was again just screaming at us, and and so all you could do was was make fun of the situation again, and he was really came on, you know, extremely racist, and and so I lived up the stereotype, and. And, you know, you don't know what you're doing, jumping around with my feather headdress on, and, and really kind of making fun of him because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. And and security came over and they asked me because they couldn't they couldn't even talk to him. You know, they said what's what's wrong, what's going on. I explained the situation and they said, okay, well, why are we here? And I said, I don't know. You know, he brought you. You talked to him. And so they said, well, do what you're doing. And and they took off. And again, we got another roller on it, and we we're starting to get we're starting to get a bit of movement. You know, we to our our knowledge, we had lifted it up a little bit. You know, and that was that was really a big step. So. We thought, well, we can now that we got rollers, we can push it, and that was a pipe dream that <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. We tried to budget, and of course, you know, five people pushing on a ten-ton log doesn't go very far. So, mm. back down to the store and back with some more tools, and and I think within a few hours we had moved it about ten feet, you know. And so, I mean, altogether, this is half the day is gone, and we've moved it a little bit, you know. And and we didn't know where we were going, though. You know, we were just moving it. We were moving <laughs> it for the sake of saying we could do it. And and then we decided, well, we'd have to actually turn the log a full ninety degrees. Go straight down the corridor into the door of the first people's house. Turn it again a full 90 degrees and slide into the shed. So we were doing more or less a horseshoe and back into the shed instead of rolling it over the garden. And and this is what, you know, this is what the first people's house had, had asked us to do. And this is what, you know, I mean, all the people that were, were being respectful said, we don't want to run over the garden. We don't want to wreck the trees. We want to look after Uvic space. Yeah. And, and understandably, but at the same time, it was it was just, again, these, you know, the small group of people. Complicated. And so, yeah, and so we, we called uh, we called some more family and said, you know, granted, and he's actually carving in there right now as we're talking, He we called him down and, and uncles were coming and they were all coming from Port Alberni and Banfield and, and rushing up island to come and help. And he brought, again, this gentleman showed up on campus one more time. He had the cops this time yelling and screaming some more. And they said, well, clearly this guy's out to lunch you know they said we're out of here we don't need to hear this and and so they left and we'd finally actually almost well we're starting to spin the log that first 90 degree and the fire department showed up and i guess technically we were blocking off the fire the fire department's route to get up to campus so if they're going to a building either mckinnon or wherever they're going i don't know but we would be in the way and so i guess we'd be clear with you so we were supposedly blocking the way and and so they came up with the fire truck like everyone shows up you know this big well they were called because there's this indian guy that's blocking the route and they showed up and i said well you know i explained the situation again and they they all laughed about it and said well if there's something wrong we'll just drive across the quad we don't care like you know to them it was like joke as well yeah and and they said keep doing what you're doing and and you know if you need some help give us a call you know like they were really supportive and and just like the police and just like security you know they were really supportive of it and uh you know there's a few people that weren't you know and they really outweighed you know by the you know their the the heat of their head and and their voice and and that discrimination was really a battle i guess but we were also fighting this log at the same time you know that was one (laughs) battle and there was another one of this 10 ton log so we uh ended up spinning it that night and we got it right to the door of the first people's house so to the side door we had taken the log from kind of the quad area right to the door, straight in, as if we were going to go inside, you know? And and it was two in the morning, three in the morning, I think, and, and there was about, f- at that point, there was about six of us, or seven of us, 
And um, a gentleman from the first people house never left. He never left us the whole time. And, you know, I'm, when I knew him, I knew him as a professor. I knew him as a teacher. And, and a guy who had a job. Like, I didn't know him on a personal level. Yeah. But he had really stepped way beyond. He said, you know, if I get fired over it, if it becomes an issue, that's okay. Because he was he cared so much about us. And he cared so much about the project. And so so we got this log to the door. And we said, okay, we all have to rest. Like, we're, we were all starting to get a little hot-headed ourselves because we were getting tired. And, and so we went home and we slept for, the, for that night. And I think it was 8 in the morning we were back. You know, we were back here again. And, and everyone was there. Everyone showed up again. You know, and, and all those people that, that were so... It made them strong to be here, you know, and yeah. and so back at it again, and we had to spin the log, and we had to take it right down. So if where we are sitting right now, by the the whale tail and the pond at the first people's house, we had to take it that direction. So now turn it one more time <laughs> and walk it forward. And I think it was about ten o'clock at night, maybe eleven o'clock at night, and we got it to where it more or less where it sits now. So we fought it all the way, you know, and we fought the log and we fought the university and, and there was a lot of support, but also I think you get clouded. The vision gets clouded about the support because you see that negative, that yeah. negative person or that. And once we had the login, it was like, we were all drained. It was family day weekend, that first family day weekend. So we yeah. had that whole long weekend to get it in and, and everyone was just beaten down and we all kind of, I think we all back, went back up Island. Like we were all tired. I didn't want to be in Victoria myself either, you know, and, and that guy had come by every night and sat and watched. Like he sat in his car and watched us. And it was really weird. That's you know, it was really weird. And finally we found out he's the grounds manager from UVic. Like we never knew that. Like he never introduced himself, explained who he was. And, and he was just, yeah, just this guy. And yeah. so it was really hard to communicate, you know, and understand why he was mad. Later on, I mean, you see it in his eyes, you know, he looks after this campus, I guess. That's how he saw it. And, mm-hmm. and now he's retired. I think he's moved up to Minnesota or somewhere. And okay. hopefully he has <laughs> enjoying his life and is a bit more peaceful now. And, yeah. and uh, you know, now looking back, it's, you can laugh, you know, but yeah. at the time we were, it was really, it was really hard. And, yeah. and this project was supposed to be a really good thing, you know, yeah. and then when you didn't see support from the university, it was, it was again, really hard. So when we were all, we were all back up home and, and uh, two of the elders from the house called and they said, Yomer, you have to get back and anyone who was involved with the project has to come back. Like, you have to come back here. And I think it was, they said it was Sunday, you know, and they, they weren't working. It was because it's what they felt in their heart. They said, you have to be back. And, and I said, well, you know, we're all spread out, uncles and grand, granddad and mom and brother, and we're all kind of spread thin. We're not around here right now. And they said, you have to come back. It's really important to us. So, so we came back and had to convince everyone that they had to come back to, which is sometimes difficult to, you know, herd all, herd of all of us together. And, and we came back and, and they had a ceremony prepared for us. And so they wanted to cleanse everyone that was involved and, and they brought in family of ours to be witness, to bear witness for it. And, and then we came out and we all cleansed the log as well. So they had brought spring water and, and cedar and they wiped down the cedar tree and, and they kind of, again, showed us how big of a joke this, all these people were that were making it an issue, you know, and. And it was still hard, like it was still tough, and, and besides that I had just had that brain surgery about three months before, so I was still really slow, mm-hmm. and, and we decided we wouldn't do the poll that year. Like we said, you know, we'd really love to, but, and it was going to be the 50th anniversary poll, like there's a lot of things that kind of grew out of it. We decided we'd take a year and, and just work slowly. So, yeah. um, in September we said, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little slow, I still have six months to use it as an excuse that I don't <laughs> have to get out of bed, and, uh, but we said let's get back to it, like let's yeah. start again. And so... Um, it was really important to do it with with students around around the area, and obviously recognize we're in Coast Salish territory when we're carving mm-hmm. this pole, and it will be the first New Chalmers pole on campus, so the first pole of our people here on campus. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's such a unique story. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. So this is your second pole. 
Yes. Well, this is the, I guess, our third. We did, uh, I did a poll in grade 12, grade 11, 12. We did a poll at, at our school, and I designed the top and carved the top of that, oh, uh, cool. along with another carver, is Clifford George. Port, it's in Euclid. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's amazing. How important has community and, like, your friends and family been in this process? Like, just from that story, I can tell they're very important, but um, from your perspective... Well, I was, I was actually just at my grandparents' house up in Bantfield uh, last weekend. And my aunt, she's kind of like my sister we grew up together, and, mm-hmm. and we're, we're extremely close. My whole family's close. And I was talking about, I think I was talking on the phone to a, to a local artist or someone around town, and, and every time I, I said this poll or talking about projects that we've been doing, I always say we. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, t- I think I talked for half an hour, and my aunt was sitting there with a piece of paper, and she was putting a check every time I said we. Mm-hmm. And then she was putting a check every time I said I. And she said, you never said I. You talk like the queen. You know, oh, we did this and we did that. This collective group of who? And, yeah. and you know, she made it a joke that it's like the queen. But the, every time we do a project, it's about everyone, you know, and yeah. it's about all those people that get involved in it. And, and to tell the truth, I mean, I'm, I'm always learning and I think we're all kind of learning. Mm-hmm. And my granddad, he's actually Norwegian. He's not, he's not the native grandfather. He's a Norwegian mm-hmm. grandfather, but he's, a, he's an architect around Victoria and, awesome. and you clue it. And, well, he's done a lot of buildings all around, around BC. And, and so he comes and he keeps all the lines straight, you know, and he has a really good hand that can keep, keep us going and, and keep it all together. And, and mom comes down and she can run the saw better than any of us, you know, <laughs> and she can sharpen the saw better than any of us. And, and, you know, it's all of us. It's all this whole family of people that come together. And then, and then we open up the door, you know, and the door is always open for everyone else to come. And as long as you want to learn and you're not forced to, and we don't want anyone to come because they have to, but mm-hmm. we've had... On this project, I think about five, five or six hundred people work on it already. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so that was my next. Question. Yeah, so there you go. So we, and and the majority of those people aren't just one timers. You know, they yeah. come back and they're there as part of the family too. You know, and yeah. and we go out and sometimes there's there's nobody here and it's just us and it's actually harder at that point. You know, because yeah. because you know it feels like it's kind of this little secluded project we're doing when it's not. You know, it's mm-hmm. about all those connections, and so. Usually it's everyone sitting there having lunch together. You just I don't know if you just missed it or not, but we're all sitting yeah, there having I'm lunch and, and it's this you know, it's this big community and it is. Mm-hmm. And and with that I've had so many wonderful friends and, and so many people that come in there, you know, they're the support why we're doing it. You look yeah. and say that's why we do it, you know. It feels and like home. It does. It feels like home. And it's really neat because there you are in the center of university in a yeah. big city and you're far from home, but you're in this little space that smells like cedar and you're surrounded by friends and you're back home for a little while. So Yeah, it definitely is transformative and, and changes the space. I hadn't been to the first pupil's house before, actually, and uh, coming up here I could like smell the cedar and hear, hear the bandsaws working and it was, yeah, so unique compared to the academic environment that's, Most definitely. <laughs> that's around here and a lot of like movers and shakers and so it's really really interesting to see uh, how it transforms the space and it makes it uh, much more like community oriented and yeah yeah I think the house does that too a lot like mm-hmm. the house you know and, the, and this actually ties together with two programs that I'm part of at the first people's house but it, you know, anytime you come by, there's always something happening. Mm-hmm. There's there at Thursdays. There's a drum group. I think every Wednesday and Tuesdays there's a lunch for everyone to come. And wow. and the first people's house always has something going on. Wednesday night's beating night. Monday night's movie night. It's just like this place where they want to have home, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what the kind of their their whole idea is. When you walk inside, there's a little plaque, and I hope you read it if you go in there. Mm-hmm. And it says, "Leave your bad feelings on this imaginary hook and come into our house." You know, oh, and make yeah. it yours. And so it's really important that. 
that this house is here for so many people, you know, yeah. and this is, it is home. And when I first came to Uvic and long before the carving was going to happen or even thought about it happening, I came to this house first and they said, oh, you're a carver, you should bring some logs. Like that was the first thing they said. And, <laughs> and two weeks later, there's some logs, you know, so awesome. it's, uh, it is home without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the first people's house, you know, without, without them, this would never happen, you know, and without them, the university wouldn't be the a place of home at all mm-hmm. you know and and they have a program that i'm part of called campus cousins so we do things that's the movie nights on mondays we keep the house open every night so mm-hmm. people can come and and study there hang out with us and do whatever and and so we made this part of my project so for my campus cousin project i do carving every friday and that was the gig you know i do carving mm-hmm. every friday and we welcome everyone to come carve with us mm-hmm. and with that i also go out and i do recruitment local high schools and elementary schools and we bring those kids up so mm-hmm. they do a tour of the university they go see the departments they want to see and then they come and finish it with carving That's so awesome. it's uh it's been a really neat project and it's been great to work with all these wonderful people too such a unique project too yeah, yeah i didn't uh i've never heard of anything like this happening yet and in any academic environment and i really hope you guys are able to proceed with this type of work after the poll is done yeah for sure well, you guys come carve with us. Yeah, I will for sure. <laughs> when do you anticipate finishing it? Do you have like a goal in mind? Yes, the at the moment, and we're still trying to meet with the chiefs, the local chiefs around here as well, and we want them to be able to be present because we're gifting one of the poles to them. So we're actually carving three poles. I didn't tell you that yet, but mm-hmm. um, oh wow, yeah, three neutron <laughs> poles out of one log. Okay, and so, so they'll be connected one together. Monster of a log. Yeah, that one monster <laughs> of a log will have three poles. That's awesome. And uh, and with that, we're gifting a pole to the Coast Salish people. So oh, that's where we are, yeah. and we're gifting a pole. And the neutronless people and gifting a pole to the Kwakwakwak people. And and they'll all be they'll all be three neutronless poles, like they'll be back to back neutronless poles, but we really we want to make sure they're gonna be here. And it's mm-hmm. the ideal date is Aboriginal Day. Uvic mm-hmm. has never actually celebrated Aboriginal Day in their own celebration. Mm-hmm. They've helped Camosans celebrate, they've helped you know other universities celebrate, but they've never had their own celebration. Mm-hmm. And so we thought this would be a really great opportunity to celebrate Aboriginal Day and yeah. and have all the, the island nations invited and all local communities invited and you know native and non native communities. And and with that, we want to make sure everyone is able to come. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the song "He's Nation" is also doing a powwow on that same day, and okay, yeah. it looks like it might be the evening. We're not really sure, but we want to try to have our celebration and then be able to use the Uvic buses and actually take them down to the powwow after, yeah. so we can tie them together. Yeah, that's true. The fourteen goes. Yeah, the, the fourteen goes down, down there, and we can just you know pile everyone on and, and maybe <laughs> try to make sure they're going down there and, and have them actually scheduled for that. Yeah, and so. We're still trying to work that date, but yeah. we really want to do Aboriginal Day, so it's got to have all three totem poles done by yeah. then, and we're still on the first one, so <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely going to be a you know a time consuming. When is that? When months. is Aboriginal Day? It's uh, June twenty first. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, just <laughs> around, just around the corner. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll definitely get it done. It's just yeah. going to be a lot of a lot of long nights on the and last extra couple of days. Hands too, yeah. So I'd be Everyone's, happy to come down and, yep. and carve and encourage anybody else who is interested in this project to definitely. Uh, to come check it out because it's amazing and it's so cool seeing a totem pole being carved like the last time i saw a totem pole being carved when i was 15 on Haida Gwaii and there was a pole being raised for one of my cousins who was a chief and uh that's the last time i had an experience with it because i live in victoria yeah there's not a lot culturally going on but uh, in the past couple of years, I've seen the community like rise up and just like so many indigenous people like coming together with like non-indigenous people and creating spaces for community to like bloom and, and grow. And it's been really, really interesting. And 
and nice too. Yeah, well, definitely. I think I think that's another great thing about being able to run this program here at the university. It's such a diverse group of people mm-hmm. that walk around. I mean, they say there's twenty thousand people, you know, and mm-hmm. every time I guess the the unsaid bell goes, you know, then this the quad fills up with people instantly. And and uh, I think it was about a month and a half ago we had a class come out, and it was it was a class of international business students so we had 19 countries carving on the pole at once and it was so cool like you know and, and we 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 all did an introduction first and i asked everyone to do it in their own language so we could hear all these languages around the totem pole you know and and then everyone came and carved and sanded and did whatever they felt comfortable doing mm-hmm. and but it was so neat to have that just amazing diverse group of people mm-hmm. you know and and first nation from all around the world and and non-native people and all coming together it was it's such an important project and in, in that sense as well yeah, definitely. It's bringing people together in a way that uh, is just unlike anything, you know. Um, and just so important also to just be honoring new channels people too with this poll. For sure. And uh, honoring your own cultures. Um, I already asked you how many people have to. <laughs> That's an insane amount of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we were just thinking a little too late, but we're thinking, wow, we should have had a a book for like everyone to sign book, a guest yeah. book or yeah and, and it would be neat to see all those different languages written down yeah, too you definitely. know and, and I, I think it's still something we should i should do you know next time i come up I should bring a book and yeah. people start writing in it because it's so it's so neat i mean we have these these little lady a little old lady and a man they come i think they're about five feet high they come by from oak bay every day to come see how it's going that's so and cool. in the last month i haven't done anything and they still come by to see how it's going you know and <laughs> and they just come by today earlier just before you showed up actually and and they came by just to see how how their poll is doing you know and, and they're part of it and they yeah. feel connected to it and it's so important and and like they say they don't know anything about first nation culture much less new Chalneth culture much much less colloquial culture where i'm from you know they don't know anything about it but it's so important and, and that, you know their hearts in it too you know they see it as their pull as well because they've come and they put their hands on it and they, I talk about it with them every time they're here and and it's so important to them you know and yeah. it's so important like you said to honor our culture my Neutronless culture here in, at UVic and put up our first Neutronless poll but without everyone else behind it it wouldn't be as important to us you know it holds so much I mean it'd still be important but it wouldn't have that that amount of heart that goes into it to look Mm -hmm. after all the rest of us too yeah it's invaluable what you've done with this project and and uh what you've given to the community with it so thank you so much Yelmer for speaking to me today and I can't wait to have another look at the poll and maybe a carpet sometime this week sounds great (laughs) okay let go okay thank you Chew. Cool, that was Yelmer Wenstab. If you'd like to find out more about the totem pole, you can contact the First People's House or you can just head down to the quad uh, where the First People's House is and Yelmer and his group of friends and uh, other community members are out there carving all the time. Um, Thank you so much to Yelmer and the First People's House for hosting this amazing uh, creation and uh, community event. Cool. So you may heard, uh, you may have heard this week that Sean Atlio, uh, the <clears throat> national chief, has resigned. Um, he was facing some pressure due to Bill C-33. Uh, he was in support of it, and a lot of First Nations people were accusing him of getting too cozy with the Harper government. Um 
He was also penalized for taking sick leave during the initial I don't know more protests last winter. And um, people are saying that the BC33 is reminding them of the residential school system, which is horrible and really scary. And I understand the fear there. Uh, We don't want that to happen again. And um, so he was facing a lot of, I guess, adverse reactions being in support of it uh so people were calling for his resignation and last week in ottawa he resigned during a a press conference um people are saying that the bill should be switched to reflect uh a national the national treaty alliance and um atlio was the first chief to resign, uh, first national chief to ever resign. He resigned on Friday, and the bill is on hold until they elect a new chief, which should happen in fall. Uh, the government has drafted legislation to change the way education for Indigenous folks is founded and controlled. Um, but this bill is kind of problematic, and people are really upset with it. Um, people are saying the bill doesn't accept treaty rights, and it's not enough consultation with First Nations communities. And uh, the AFN is holding an election for a new leader this fall. Uh, the Assembly of First Nations is going to be run by Ghislaine Picard until a new leader is chosen. And uh, again, that's this fall. There's been still no inquiry into the missing and murdered Indigenous women, despite the RCMP stating that over 1,200 missing and murdered women uh, <clears throat> cases over the past 20 years remain unsolved. Many provinces and educational institutes have pushed for a public inquiry, but with no action and flat-out refusal to pursue these cases, it's become very clear that the Harper government has no interest in advocating for missing or murdered Indigenous women and uh, probably won't in the future. So make sure we all get out and vote when election time is around. It's been 23 years uh, since the first federal First Nations policing policy was implemented on reservations. Now the Auditor General of Canada is insisting that the program is not working as intended. According to Ferguson, public safety has absolutely no measures in place to ensure First Nations people are having their policing needs met or even up to provincial standards. Um, Nishnabiaski Nation uh, Chief Alan, Alvin Fiddler uh, said that the policing on reservations was set up to fail. And some good news. Tanya Tagak has a new album out. It's called Animism. And it's out May 27th, uh, 2014 on Six Shooter Records. And she has a show at Carnegie Hall in New York City. May 8th with Winnipeg's Orchestra. In Toronto, uh, Ontario uh, with Nanook of the North. This Saturday, May 10th, Defend Our Coast is a march for the, uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, for the oil-free coast. People from Vancouver to Halifax will be participating and standing up to protect our communities. You can join us at Defend Our Climate, National Day of Action in Victoria, or if you're in surrounding communities but can't make it into the Victoria one, you can participate through organizing an event for your community at defendourclimate.ca at 12.30 this Saturday there's music at the Beacon Hill Bandshell 1.45 the march will begin 
And then at 2.30 p.m., there's a rally at the legislature. The rally is against Kinder Morgan's proposed Trans Mountain Tar Sands Pipeline. If you want any more info, again, go to defendourpipeline.ca. If you haven't heard yet, there's a call for Indigenous artists the Standin Nation Drum powwow at the Song He's Wellness Center on Coast Salish Territory in Esquimalt. Cost is $50 per table, uh, which you can pay at the day of. And it's for a 10-foot table with chairs. There's space for 22 artists. So get in there and email or uh, message January Rogers, the fabulous January Rogers, the host of Native Waves on CFUV. Uh, you can message her on Facebook, or you can look for the Call to Indigenous Artisans page on Facebook. You can also find us on Facebook at Coastal Voices, uh, and on Twitter at Sasha Willette or at CFUV DJ. Up next, I'm going to have a clip from uh, next week's show where I speak to Erin Kinsmo from uh, the Native Youth Sexual Health Network. She was kind enough to speak to me today about the issues surrounding Native youth and sexual health, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear this interview. That was, of course, Broken Social Scene. Looks just like the sun. A nice, dreamy song for this beautiful, beautiful day. I have some Afterglow. They're a Native American rock band from 1968. This is Afterglow from their self-titled album. This song is called Morning. Cool. Once again, that was Afterglow. Check them out. They're amazing. My new favorite uh, from... An artist who I like, who posted on their blog, Raymond Boyce Jolly. You can check out their art at RaymondBoyceJolly.com. Okay, what is up next? Oh, um, yeah, this interview. Next week, I just had a great interview today with Aaron Consmo from the Native Youth Sexual Health Network in Edmonton, and we spoke about many a thing, two-spirit issues, missing and murdered Indigenous women, sex work, how to advocate for youth, how to create community within uh, Native-specific <coughs> communities, and uh, many other great things. She was a wonderful person to talk to, and I have a special little clip for you today to hear uh, what a little bit what we were talking about today. Next week on Coastal Voices, I speak to Erin Consmo of the Native Youth Sexual Health Network. We talk about advocacy for youth, sex workers, and missing and murdered Indigenous women. We also talk about how you can get involved and be a youth leader in your community for the Native Youth Sexual Health Network. Stay tuned next week, Wednesday, 5 to 6 p.m. on CFUV. That happens times in our communities, right, where we sit around tables, we sit... We sit, we eat food, we craft, we make art, um, and why not, you know, do that same thing, but also engage the conversations around sex and sexuality. Cool. Once again, that was Erin Consmo from the Native Youth Sexual Health Network. If you want to find out more about the Native Youth Sexual Health Network and you want to find out how you can become a Native youth advocate in your own community, you can go to the Native Youth Sexual Health Network dot com 
and uh, find out more. You can email them. There is literally an advocate in every city across North America to help your needs. Uh, I'm going to keep going with Afterglow. Up next, we have Straight No Chaser. And uh, thanks for sitting with me, guys. Hey, you're listening to CFUV in Victoria. I'm Sasha Willette about to sign off and move on for the week. Again, if you haven't heard, I'm doing basement sessions this Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. with The Friendly Ghost. I'll be hanging out live with The Friendly Ghost and chilling with them and playing some of my own music. Um, not my own music, just music that I like. Uh, this week, we spoke to Yelmer Wenstab, the amazing uh, new channels, Clayquat, and Norwegian artist who is responsible for the three totem poles that will be raised at UVic in June sometime. Um, If you want more or you didn't catch the whole interview, you can listen in on uh, SoundCloud. Probably will be up tomorrow. Um, We also had a little baby clip from next week's show where I'll be speaking to Aaron Consmo, who is an advocate for Indigenous youth and also an Indigenous youth herself. And um, we spoke a bit about gender relations and missing and murdered Indigenous women and sex work and how we can advocate for youth. And it's an amazing interview, and I'm so glad that I got to speak to her because she's such uh, a wise person. And that's next week, 5 to 6 on Coastal Voices. We also spoke a bit about Sean Atlio resigning. If you have any thoughts on that, you can post them on the Coastal Voices Facebook page or tweet at me at Sasha Willette or at CFUV. Um, up next, Straight No Chaser, everybody's favorite jazz show. So hang in there, listen to Straight No Chaser, and enjoy the sun. Thank you so much for listening to Coastal Voices, everybody. Have a great day. <laughs>